When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Big Jim is wearing his heels. Marching around. On this episode, I'm joined by Italian back row, Seb Negri. And he's big and red, a shot of black coffee, now he's super dead. He gets loud, I'm a big dick house, a shoulder of some whiskey and he shoot it like a mouse. Seb Negri, class to have you, mate. You're in camp because it's the big week, because you play in England. So thanks for joining me. Whereabouts are you in... London yet, or are you still in Italy waiting to come over for the big takeover? Uh, we, we're still in Rome. Um, yeah, obviously recovering from, from France over the weekend. Yeah, I had a good session today, but yeah, still in Rome and fly to fly to London on, on Friday, I think. Yeah, well, as I said, it's class to have you, especially when you're in camp. I know our, all eyes will be on the weekend, so we'll stick straight to Ruggers. Not that we've got a load of banter to get through anyway, but let's just go back over the weekend, if we can. I thought you lads, like I said your message, I thought you lads were brilliant. So there was a couple of things that I wanted to chat about, and one thing that we spoke about on the rugby pod, I don't know whether this is something that's been spoken about in camp. Let's start on that. When you've got a referee like Matt Carley, and we know he's a quality referee, but you know where I'm going with this. Uh, speaking English the whole game, people can obviously tell by your accent that there's a South African twinge to it and there'll be a few other lads that can speak English in the team. France, yep. I imagine there's a similar element to that within their team. Was that spoken about before the game that he wouldn't be speaking in French or Italian? Did that have any kind of effect during the game? Were you unaware of it before? No, not not really, Jim. Um, yeah, I didn't really think about it too much. And yeah, Mitch, Mitch our captain, speaks good English, so... I don't think there was a was a huge problem there, and yeah, it's it's definitely something that we didn't we didn't talk about or or don't ever speak about really, um, to be honest. So France, I kind of thought it would be tight. You've got history against them before. Is it as big as people think? Is is that the kind of the biggest rivalry? And I, I know you're in the middle of the Six Nations, so we don't want to label other teams bigger or other games bigger than than other ones. But how big is that game against France on the calendar for you Italian players? Yeah, it's massive. Listen, the history goes back um, a wee bit, so um, yeah, was a was a big game for us, um, and we wanted to start the start the competition well. And obviously, we've talked a lot um, past and present, especially since Kieran's come in. That you know, we want to gain that respect and credibility back um, from people from the outside, and the only way we can do that is is by performing on the field. And I thought, you know. For large parts of that game, we were in the fight and, um, you know, I think we put a lot of smiles on people's faces and uh, we showed why we why we belong in the Six Nations. And to be honest, straight after the game, it was a feeling of disappointment because, you know, we felt, um, yeah, we should have won the game. On that, trying to not convince people, put smile on people's faces, but I think there's an element of convincing people that Italy belong in the Six Nations. Right, I remember going through a period a long period of playing for Scotland where it was Scotland versus Italy for the wooden spoon and it almost became a bit of a caricature, like a bit of a joke, you know what I mean, in, yeah. in, in and around that. 
as things have moved on, we've seen successes in Scotland. You know, Wales have have been one of the form teams. They're now kind of on the way down. England, France, always strong. Ireland, best team currently at the minute. How much as players did you feel that in the Italy camp when people are talking about, oh, you know, Italy needs to be gone now. It needs to be Georgia or it yeah. just needs to go back to the five nations. Could you feel that within the camp? Yeah, hundred. I'd be lying if I said I, I didn't, Jim. It was always something that, you know, was in the back of your mind. Um, you know, we're all humans. You know, you go online or you go on social media and you see all these comments and people that have played the, go- the game for a long time uh, saying that Italy shouldn't be in the Six Nations, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But as much as it hurts to see that, you know, the the argument is there for a reason. You know, we haven't been performing well. The results haven't gone our way. So you've got to take that on the chin. That's why we've talked a lot recently, especially over the last six to 12 months, about getting that respect and credibility back and showing people why we do deserve to be in the competition. And if we perform like last year when we beat Wales and then we go and back it up against Samoa and Australia in November, and then we put in another good performance against France um, and we continue to... To do, the, um, to do that and to, to go through the processes that we're going through, I think we're on the right track. So, yeah, for sure as a player, it, 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 it wasn't easy those times, but I think we're definitely um, in a good place now and, we, and we're looking forward for sure. What has been the shift then? Because you say about the respect and wanted to deliver performances. It's all well and good saying that. I'm sure when Sergio Parise was captain and Castro Giovanni and all these greats of Italian rugby, the Bergamasco brothers, they would have been saying the same thing. But what has been the tangible shift? Because there definitely has been one, right? Yeah, I think, well, definitely the way we're playing. You know, we, we're not scared to sort of throw the ball around, we're playing with a lot more courage. And Jim, to be honest, the environment that uh, Kieran's created here sort of in the last six to 12 months been awesome. We've got a good young team coming through. And I think, you know, a lot of the young players that are in the team now are in good form. And that comes from Benetton also doing really well in the URC and picking up results. So a lot of those players are carrying that form through. And when you mix that with a bit of experience and, and guys that are also applying their trade overseas in France or or the UK, if that all comes together, then, you know, it's a good thing. So there's definitely been a bit of a shift in that. Um, and then the, the mentality shift of, you know, believing that we can do it. And that comes through winning. You know, when you pick up a really important result against against uh, Wales last year, and then you back it up again in the autumn um, against Samoa, <clears throat> and then to do it against Australia when people wrote us off, you know, only gives you confidence. So we're playing with a bit more confidence now. Um, the environment, like I touched on, is is really good one to be in. And we all just, you know, we're all just wanting to be on the same page. And, and, and like I said earlier, get that respect and credibility back. That's been our main sort of goal over the last six to 12 months. You mentioned Kieran Crowley there. I've seen a few bits of Kieran because we did a doc on Italy. We've done a couple actually over the years for Rugby Pass, which has been class. His passion comes across right Well, he's an all-black, so he's got great credentials coming through. Does he deliver stuff in Italian? Can he speak Italian, or is it all done straight Kiwi and people will just be able to read through the fact that he stood there and done the hacker many a t- many times? Like, How does he deliver? Because he, he does it in English, right? And I just wonder yeah. how that works with the Italian-Latino spirit. Yeah, he, try, he tries to speak a bit of Italian. Um but yeah, mainly in English. He's obviously got uh, Marius Goosen, who's there um, to bounce off, and he speaks fluent. So that's always a good combination to have. But I think what Kieran does is that um, you know he shows his emotion when he when he talks, and um, it comes across really powerfully to the players. 
obviously the Italian players are very passionate and uh, I think Kieran also gets to the point. You know, he doesn't sort of dance around any topics. He gets straight to the point and um, at the end of the day, he's just a good manager. Um, you know, you've, when, you're a, when you're a professional, you want to, you know, it's all good being a professional rugby player, but you also, you want to be a good bloke and, and play for a, a, a person that uh, you respect and that's a good guy. So, that's what Kieran is. He's a great coach, but a really good man and and someone you want to run through a brick wall for. So, um, someone I have huge respect for, and I know the guys um, would echo exactly what I say. And uh, you know that that's a huge help in this environment too. With making McKelly Lamaro captain, a great appointment. Love watching him play. He had a long time out with, with injury, right? Mm. And you're thinking, who is this lad coming through? Didn't know much about him. Spoke to Paul Gustard obviously, who was involved with Benetton Treviso, you lads for a bit, and he was like, this lad's proper. Like, as in yeah. proper lad, had a long time out with injury. For me, he just kind of gets better and better. But he stands there singing the anthem like the years gone by, like your Sergio Parises and Castro's. You know, the yeah. iconic images of the anthems. What's he like as a lad, as a player, as a young leader? Because he'll be leaning on someone like you, right, with all the experience and years you've had playing for Italy. I think, yeah, I think that's obviously an important role for people like myself or Tommy Allen, the guys that have a little bit more experience that, you know, we can be there for him. But yeah, he's he's been an amazing leader, speaks with a lot of passion and leads through example. So a guy that, you know, that people follow. I remember watching him and, and when he was coming through the Benetton system as a youngster, he was always going to be a special talent, you know, the way that he sort of got over ball and his work rate and tackle technique and all those little things. You could see that he was going to be some someone special. And he's backed it up and he's come come through a lot of, you know, injuries and things like that. But um, no, he's been awesome and uh, a really good guy off the field, you know, wears his heart on his sleeve. And, and like I said, leads to example and, you know, his pregame chats and, and things, he, you know, you can see how passionate he is and, it, and it's very easy to follow that. And yeah, he's got, he's got to perform well too. I think when you're in a position, um, when you're captaining a side, you've got to you know, lead by example, and he does that, and he's been doing that through his performances. So, yeah, he's, he's in a good place now and um, a good guy to have as as our captain. Did he grow up just around the corner from the stadium? Yeah. There's this like, gladiatorial story uh, about him or something. Yeah, he loves He's from Rome. He's just from up the road. So um, I love that. Imagine, imagine that. He's from Rome. The Italian captain from Rome. It just sounds so cool, right? Yeah, exactly. No, he's a, he is a gladiator and, um, yeah, definitely leads through example. And, yeah, I think it's obviously very special for him. It's emotional for him whenever he plays plays for Italy and, um, you know, plays in Rome here. So, yeah, a really good guy. Is there any external influences on the team? Has there been a change in that? So you've got Kieran Crowley comes in, mentioned All Blacks credentials, Marius Goosen, who I, I've spent a bit of time with, lovely bloke as well. Yeah. Has there been any other external influences from football or from any other sports or away from the emotional side? Because I'm going to go back to this as well. It's because I played the game similarly and I mentioned the relationship between Scotland and Italy and it was all out emotion. Whoever had that emotion went on to win the game. But yeah. that can also be to the detriment, right? If you've got that high level of emotion for the first 20 minutes, you, you're fucked after 20. Yeah. And I think that's what that's what Kieran does. You know, he's obviously had a lot of experience through Benetton, so he knows the sort of Italian culture and the way things um, are sort of done. So, like I said, he doesn't sort of dance around the emotion bit a lot. You know, he gets straight down to the point, and I think that's really important in, in this Italian side. He's obviously got Marius Gusen, who's, who's also very experienced in the Italian system. And then, you know, Moretti, Andrea Moretti, who's, who's our forwards coach, who's been 
awesome and a real breath of fresh air. And then you've got Neil Barnes, who's also helping behind the scenes, who's who's come from New Zealand and, you know, um, technically very, very smart guy who's, who's helping us loads too. So a really good system up top, which is filtering through to the players. Um, and it's just like I said, I, I touched on it earlier. It's just a, it's a great environment to be in. You know, I've been in environments in the past where it's sometimes difficult, you know, when results aren't going away and you come into another camp and it's just the same um, the same thing. It's a, it's a breath of fresh air to be in this camp um, and that filters from the staff right down to the players. And um, yeah, it's a good place to be, Jim. Just some other stuff then around the makeup of the squad, like Canoni, love him at eight. I yeah. didn't realize he was 22. He looks like Jake Paul, doesn't he? Yeah, well, the, the brother the brother looks like Jake Paul. That's uh, Nick Canone in the road. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, I... No, he's losing his hair. So, yeah, he's, he's going through a dark, dark place. But then, oh, yeah, really? Hopefully he, doesn't, hopefully he doesn't watch this. <laughs> Me and Paledri were giving him shit today um, at training saying... Um, because he straps his head every time, and I was saying every time you strap your head, you're losing more hair. So, oh gosh, <laughs> yeah, okay, hey, we can we can help help him out if he needs. Well, I know a man. <laughs> yeah, you t- you touched on it, Jim. He's uh, there's some really good youngsters coming through. I mean, Lorenzo Canone at eight has been a revelation this year, and um, you know other guys that are that are in the team. Obviously, Capuzzo and a lot of other top quality players. Minancello. There's a lot of young guys that are that are performing really well and that's that's awesome to see so if we can get that balance right between young guys coming through and the experienced heads leading by example i think um, that's really important you mentioned capuzzo then and everyone keeps getting stuck into me for saying it how, how do you say it properly Ange capuzzo but that isn't how you say it is it or do you know capuzzo. how you say it capuzzo i might i might be wrong myself <laughs> <laughs> Hey. Call him we'll call him Ange. What a player. Is he as good as yeah. we all think and we all make out? He's just taken to it, like as in the international stage, but everything that goes with it, right? The glitz and the glamour. And I think it's really important that someone in Italian rugby does that. We've seen DuPont doing it for France. Yeah. Uh, the island players are a little bit kind of low key, but collectively they do it. Uh, Maru Atoji, Marcus Smith has done a little bit of that for England. Finn Russell for Scotland. Ange Capuzzo seems to be flying the flag for Italian rugby from a profile point of view because it's what everyone's speaking about before. Is he? Is it? How is he with that? And what's he like as a, as a fella around these these big external factors? Well, first of all, he's an awesome player. He's got that X factor that can change a game, as we've all sort of witnessed. But yeah, quiet guy off the field, very sort of relaxed. Yeah, just in his room playing a bit of FIFA or you know stick sticks to himself, doesn't say too much. Um, very quiet, but yeah, just a really good person off the field, which is which is awesome to see. And yeah, obviously he's got a huge huge profile now. You know, you walk around Rome, or just the other day we were doing a session in the park. We walk through the park, and all these people are coming up to him asking for pics. And me and Barney are like, "Cheers!" <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's because you strap your head up; they don't recognise you. That's why. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But no, I think it's it's awesome and um, it makes it better that he's a top bloke off the field. He's very humble and gets on with it. And yeah, like I said, just quiet and a guy that, you know, we're very lucky to have and can change a game. And that's always uh, it's always special to have. Yeah. And the media team allowing him, are they pushing him? Are they trying to protect him or do they understand the value of having a superstar like that in your team? No, I think they're a bit of both. I think... Um, yeah, obviously he gets a lot of media attention, and they sort of protect him. You know, you got to keep him focused on, on, on the game and and on what he can control, which is which is awesome. But yeah, I think it's it's also good that he he sheds a lot, uh, a really 
positive and bright lights on Italian rugby, which is which is a good thing. Also, tell me about Monte Ioani. He's been carving up for you, lads, and then I know that he's gone home for family reasons, but then he was back yeah. for a little bit in the Autumn Nation series. Is he going to be in and about? Do we know what's happening, or is it all a bit unknown at the minute? Yeah, so... Yeah, I'm sure he'll be back at some stage, but not during the Six Nations. I think he's with the Melbourne Rebels, so they don't have a window where he can he can come back. Um, but yeah, I think uh, he obviously took a bit of time out to to spend with his family, um, which helped him a lot. Obviously, he had his own personal reasons for that. Uh, I don't want to go into that, but uh, he came back in November refreshed. I saw a guy that was really positive, hungry to to play for Italy. Um, good off the field, uh, was in a really good headspace. And when you have Monty like that in a really good headspace and positive and playing well, there's there's very few wingers that are that are better than him. So it was really good to have him back in the autumn. I'm sure he'll be back with us um in the future. Um but yeah his focus now is on the on the rebels and um yeah I'm sure he'll be back with us soon. Sergio Parisa, has he been knocking about camp? Has he done now or is he waiting for his moment when Italy are in a Grand Slam decider or they're in a World Cup quarterfinal game? Is he done? Has he got the opportunity, do you think, to have one last one song? It's kind of like, I know he's hang up his boots, but has he definitely hung up his boots? Has he been around camp? Legend, right? That's why I'm saying it. Yeah, first and foremost, Jim, absolute legend. Um, yeah, I was super, super lucky to have played with him. But to answer your question, honestly, I have no idea. He hasn't been spoken about. He hasn't been in camp. And yeah, that's all I can really say. It's uh, Did he announce it or not? Did he announce his retirement? I can't. Uh, yeah, he announced that he's going to retire from rugby at the end of the year, I think. But yeah. yeah, nothing's been said to us or yeah, I didn't even know that until someone else told me the other day. I think someone just sent, it, sent a link to me and I opened it and said he was retiring. But mm. um, yeah, uh, nothing's been said to us. Um yeah, he hasn't been in touch with with any of the boys recently, so I can't I can't say anything more than that to be honest. Can't see it happening, but the old romantic in me would have loved that. Imagine him coming back in just for one last hurrah, you know, because he is like that gladiatorial kind of beacon, isn't he? He is a big he's a big figure for sure. Uh, Seb, just a little bit on yourself then, because it's quite a topical subject this at the minute, especially with Duan van der Merwe carving up for Scotland at the weekend, like he has done every time he's played. Your accent, South African. I imagine Seb Negri. You've not just changed that uh, just because you're playing for Italy. There's an Italian influence. But what's your backstory? Because, I mean, you grew up in South Africa, Italian parents. What's the makeup? I say that because of Duan and with Sione Tupolotu, who we had on the rugby pod this week. And I think there has been a shift of people understanding that rugby is this international game. There's different influences, different flavours, you know, different backstories for how people come to play for one nation or another. What's your story yeah well Jim we touched on it a little bit with rugby pass in the in the documentary that we did um I was obviously had a little bit of a different journey coming coming to this side of the world um born in Zimbabwe yeah had a great upbringing on a farm with uh, two older brothers one younger sister family of six um open spaces loved sport um cricket rugby football yeah anything that I could do yeah I just I I got uh, both hands onto it and just really enjoyed it. So I had a really good upbringing and obviously the life for my family changed um, as it did for a lot of Zimbabweans when, you know, we were forcefully removed from our farm. Yeah, I don't want to go into too much detail, but it was obviously a, a scary moment for, for myself and for my family. I was obviously very young, but sort of just remember escaping from home, I guess. Um, 
yeah, um, dad coming into the living room, you know, saying that there'd been gunshots on the farm and that, uh, you know, we had to, he said, Seb, go into your room, pack a bag, small bag. Um, so I went into my room, packed a little bag. He just said, we're going to go away for a few days. So in the back of my mind, I didn't really know what was going on, but I knew it wasn't good. Um, went into my room, got my cricket bat, rugby ball, packed a few things and went back into the living room. We got with my dad and then said, get in the car. Lights all turned off in the car, heard gunshots. Um, they'd come onto our farm and they'd basically told uh, my dad he had had um, 12 hours to to get off the farm. And otherwise, um, yeah, there was going to be killings and yeah, all sorts. So, yeah, uh, when you put in that position, it was obviously very difficult. I remember just as a young boy, just a memory of looking out the back of my window and never seeing, never seeing home again. Um, I remember my mum going onto the farm the next, the next day being held hostage, um, the Italian embassy getting involved. So yeah, like I've touched on in the past, obviously everyone goes through their own battles, Jim. I think, you know, it's, um, everyone has their, their apple battles. Everyone has their own story, but I think that's, it's how you bounce back. Um, how you, how you sort of carry on with your life and in, in, in the most positive way possible. And that's why to me, my parents are huge role models for me because, you know, when, when we were faced with all of that, they remained positive. They, they got us into the best schools in South Africa. Um, and yeah, I'm extremely lucky and <clears throat> us as a family grew from that. Um, we a very, very close family and, um, yeah, I'm extremely lucky for that. And obviously when we went through all of this, the Italian family, the Italian heritage was was all there for us. You know, they they helped us a lot financially. They were there for us. They made sure everything was okay, that if we needed any help, the the family would be there. Um so that makes it emotional and I think a little bit um I guess when I put on the Italian jersey, I'm not only representing myself and my my immediate family and my close friends, but I'm representing you know, the wider family in Italy. And I think that adds adds something and I'm extremely proud of that. And if I can make them proud every time I put on the jersey and represent them, then, you know, I'm doing something pretty good. So, um, like I said, I'm, I'm very lucky for a lot of things. Obviously, I've had a little bit of a different um, journey up to this point, but, you know, I'm extremely grateful for all the opportunities Italy have given me and um, how many people that were here yeah, for us, um, when we went through our sort of our battle, and yeah, every time I put on the Italian jersey, it's something something special because I'm representing those people too. Mate, thanks for sharing that because you say that everyone's got a story, right? Not everyone's got a story like that. That's an incredible backstory. Yeah, and... well, well, yeah. Just what what I meant by that is, I think everyone has a a difficult time in life. I think everyone goes through something tough, whether it's huge or whether it's just a small thing. Um, but I think it's important how you sort of face that and that, you know, at the end of the day, everything's going to be okay. You've got to yeah, keep the, the people that you love close to you. I think, um, you know, before before rugby and before any of that, yeah, I think family and your close friends are, are the number one priority and anything after that's just a bonus. And I sort of keep that mentality. Um, obviously, I'm very grateful and lucky to do what I do um, and that I get to play rugby and to make those people proud. So... If I can do that, then yeah, then I'm then I'm achieving my goal. Oh, you certainly are, mate. Let's talk about Hartbury. 
because you were there for a little bit and that's turned into a bit of a feeder for top-class rugby players to go through the archives. Genji, who you're up against at the yeah. weekend, Lewis Rees-Samet of Wales, Ben Morgan, Johnny May, Henry Trinder. I'm going to miss a load of other lads out because there's so many have come through Hartbury. What is it about Hartbury College that produce so many international rugby players? Do we know the formula yet? Well, I think from, from my experience, it's basically a professional system where you can do everything that you can to achieve your rugby goals by obtaining a, a degree too. Um, I think that's a really important balance and that helped me hugely going to Hartbury knowing that if rugby didn't work out that I could fall back onto onto my studies. So they gave me that opportunity which is which is massive, not only for aspiring rugby players but for anyone. I think you've got to have a backup plan. I think you know injuries are part of the game and and not everybody makes it to the top so i think it's really important that you get something behind you that you that you study um so i that balance that hartbury offered was was uh, the best decision i ever made M- met some great people played with some amazing players i just remember even in my final game for hartbury playing with harry randall at 9 just unbelievable um morgan morris who's another one that's coming through the ranks now at ospreys um, not far from a Wales call-up, I think. Another top, top player and many, many more that have obviously graced um, Hartbury. So an amazing system. I think they get it spot on between your studies and and being almost in a professional system. You know, the analysis you do, the the strength and conditioning work, everything's just built into being an awesome program and um, the balance is there, which is, which is really good. And I think they also allow you to be a human being, um, so you can enjoy a, a few beers on a Wednesday or after a game on a Saturday. So I had that whole experience of being a student, but also sort of being a professional and and also getting a degree too. So it was um, all inclusive and uh, yeah, extremely lucky that uh, I made that decision. And looking back, the best decision I ever made. I've heard a few stories about it being all inclusive, but that was some of the young <laughs> Gloucester lads <laughs> when I was there for well, a few years. There's a, there are a few stories. I'm sure there is. Uh, was Genji there? Was Alice Genji there when you were? I think he had just he had just left. Um, he had done like the college bit, so he had just left. I remember actually. Um, I think who else? Obviously, I played a lot with the university team, and then on a Saturday, so I played with obviously Paledri, and I remember Luds Ludlow was there. So mm. yeah, a lot of a lot of players. Um, yeah, it was an awesome, an awesome system, and yeah, the amount of players that they've produced is just incredible, and it's—I uh, don't think it's—it's going to stop anytime soon. Yeah, tough players though. You think about some of the players that have come through, apart from Ben Morgan, who, when he's out of contract like he is now, he's extremely tough because he's an absolute monster. But just produce some really tough players like Lewis Ludlow, for example. I—I'd I, have him in the England team. Yeah, he's an absolute warrior. And such a fierce competitor and then off the field, such a good bloke. So, yeah, another awesome, awesome player that, that Hartbury have produced. Yeah, absolutely. England at the weekend, realistic expectations. Do you speak about that before? I, I'm trying to take my mind back to being in camp. I can't remember where you say, right, we should be winning this or it is just all about performance. Do you have a realistic goal within the teams and say, right, it's all about getting this right, this right, and then that will make the performance right and that will give us an opportunity to win, right? That is what... Hundred percent. Yeah, I think we got to think about our processes first um, and stick to what we're doing because it's it's working. Um, but yeah, Jim, I, I'd be lying to you if I said we could just kind of go there and make up the numbers and put in a good shift because 
you know, I think we're a lot more ambitious in this group. Um, I think we've got a belief in this group. We work hard for each other. We train hard. We're going through our processes every day. Yeah, and I think there's a little bit of belief here. So be lying to you if I just said, yeah, we want to go there and put in a good performance and uh, and just, you know, make up the numbers. It's not the case. I think we, we're going there to, first of all, go through our processes, put in a good performance, and like Garen says, give it shit and whatever happens, happens. How much do you look at analysis? And again, this might sound a ridiculous people for some people to hear because some players or some teams won't look at much. They'll concentrate on themselves. How much do you personally, how much do the team look at the combinations of the England back row, uh, the forward pack, the, the tactics, etc.? Can you be overloaded too much with that? What's your style and the no, team we, style? We go into a lot of depth, Jim, about yeah, what they're going to bring. Obviously, ideas and plays that maybe can exploit them. See, maybe watch the Scotland game a couple of times over, see areas where you know we think we can target them, where they might be a little bit vulnerable. Obviously, being in the line-out, um, for sure, we're going to do a lot of our analysis. We've already done a lot of our analysis, looked at options where you know we think that we can we can take good ball and then look at their different combinations because obviously they've got a lot of different combinations in the back row which can maybe affect who will be in their five-man line-out or their four-man line-out. Yeah, I think we'll we'll do a, a large analysis and then be a bit more specific when they when they name their team and tweak a few things. But yeah, I think a lot of the focus is on us, but we definitely go into depth a lot. As a sideshow and a man who I know loves Scotland and ex-Scotland players and Scotland players as a whole, what do you make of Scotland's performance of the week? I know it's completely irrelevant, but I'm just uh, we've got a live show in Edinburgh tonight, just so I can share to the masses that we're not blind by how well we played. It was some performance by Scotland, right? Yeah, but it wasn't a it wasn't a shock to me, to be honest, Jim. I I, I look at that whole Scotland team. Yeah, I think it's it's one of the better teams in the in the competition. I think they've got strengths all over the field. I look at their back row, one of the best back rows in the in the competition. And I've played it, you know, I play against these players week in, week out against uh, Edinburgh, Glasgow. So I know they're top, top players. Um, so it wasn't really a big shock for me. I, you know, I, I expect them to do well. And I thought they, yeah, they put in a really good performance. I thought their forwards were were immense physically, which you got to be against England. I think um, between the back row, they had 60, 70 tackles between them. So, yeah, massive effort from them. And then shit that uh, that Duan Panamova's try was just ridiculous. Mm. Um, and I know how hard that guy is to tackle because you know, I've played against him a few times, and he's hard. He's he's a hard, hard man, big, big boy. And when you fast and explosive like that, it just makes it a, a lot harder. So I think I just call I called it actually in the in, in the in the room because I was watching it with Varney, uh, Paledri, and Tommy, and um, we were just like. That might be the try of not only the Six Nations, but possibly the year. Um, mm. So, yeah, it doesn't really surprise me that, they do, that they've got off to a good start, Jim. I think they're a really good team, strengths all over the field. And, uh, yeah, it's good to see Scotland doing well. I think, um, yeah, they've got a really good side. So I'm, I'm excited to play against them too at the at, in Edinburgh. Who knows? It could be the Six Nations decider. It could be. Exactly. Imagine that. Imagine the change of guard. Imagine I that. Italy, Italy one and two with Scotland. Hey, that means we'll we'll have to put Wales into the tier two or England, <laughs> maybe even England. And uh, lastly, yeah. Seb, before you go, mate, have you got anything funny up your sleeve that you can share? Remember that rucking stuff that you lads did a few years ago? It was hilarious. No one knew. Like the pundits didn't know, the players didn't know. Uh, you're not, not going to share it, are you? I'm not going to just give say too much. maybe. I'm not going to give too much away, but 
let's see what happens on Sunday. Let's see what happens. We might have one or two tricks tricks to show. Well, I'm looking forward to watching you, mate, and I really appreciate you taking half an hour or so out of your day because you've got a big game at the weekend. You've just had a massive game against France, and I know it's all business at the minute, so I appreciate that, buddy. It's a pleasure, mate. Anytime. Anytime.